direct conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little five babies of what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Thank you, Vandello, and welcome to the second season. Yes, that's right. We've decided to subject ourselves to this even more of Rec Conversations. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri. And with me is... Uh, a woman who every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of her four post bed. It's Leah Cameron. Did you know that in that song, the halo refers to a used condom? I'd like to state for the record. <laughs> I, I did. I did not in fact know that, but thanks. Thanks for bringing a little bit of nineties musical trivia to us. <laughs> I was like, Joshua, these people don't even know my business. <laughs> That makes it gross that he wants to, We're that he back. wants <laughs> makes it weird that he wants to use it again for a Yeah. This yeah. One begging. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure is. No swears or anything here. Uh Hot start. Hot start. That's right. Uh and uh in our guest uh this episode is uh, a brand new guest to uh, any graphically novel production. It is Ryan Brown. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, Ryan, you have, uh, we, we specifically asked for a few more DC-based uh, stuff uh, since we only had the death of Superman in season one. And man, you came out swinging. You came at us with uh, what we will find out is a doozy. Uh, you asked us to do Flashpoint, the 2011 series uh, from Jeff Johns. Uh, so it is your first time on a graphically novel production. So can you give us a little background into your history with comics? Um, how, you know, they, they uh, how you have interacted with them throughout your life and how you heard about and are curious about Flashpoint? So I've always been interested in comics. I've been around comics because I have comic adjacent hobbies, but I've never read a ton of comics. I had a couple off the newsstand here and there, but I was always spending my uh, every dollar that I got on the cardboard crack that is Magic the Gathering cards. So when oh, I show up to yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> show up to a store like, okay, I want this, this, and this, and I guess I still have $5 to buy a name, so give me that one over there with the Silver Surfer on it. <laughs> so, All right. I, I watched a lot of the like TV shows around there, X-Men cartoon, Batman, the animated series, all that sort of stuff. And then once I was introduced to Rob I, up in Cedar Falls, I pick up graphic novels from him, but I don't really do the issue by issue. Yeah, well, a lot of us uh, have kind of dropped off the issue by issue. We we extol the benefits of graphic novels just because more likely than not, they're an entire story uh, in, you know, in one book. So, so Flashpoint, how did you hear about it and uh, why were you interested in it? Uh, I don't know a lot about DC and I have watched a little bit of the Flash TV show. I got two where things started changing from time travel and needed some help. So I thought, why not ask you guys? 
Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for anybody who has not tuned into the show before, this is the general format. Uh, the professor uh, for the episode, which in this case is me, uh, Professor Jay, will be going step by step through the plot of Flashpoint. Our guest, Ryan, since we are doing this for his benefit uh, and as an extension of you, the audience, he can pull the emergency brake on the show at any time to ask us any question. Uh, about what is going on. Um, at that point, uh, Professor L, Leia, will do her best to answer it. <laughs> uh, she may need my help. Uh, and if neither of us know, the answer is comic books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes is the actual real life explanation. <laughs> yes, yes, as we have found out. There are sometimes no explanations other than it's a comic book. I believe we have at least one example uh, for this show that Leia sent me a picture of last night uh, with the caption, I am dumber for having seen this. So we will, <laughs> we will get there. Um, oh, yes, we will. <laughs> so everybody buckle in, make sure you have a, a drink handy, uh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic as, as your choice. But uh, this is going to be one. We This is 12 pages of notes on five issues. Uh, so there's a lot crammed into this. <sighs> So we open uh, on Barry Allen as a young boy. Uh, Barry Allen is the Flash in the in the DC continuity. Um, he and his mother are broken down on the side of the road. Um, this is when he is a young boy before his mother has died. Um, they're basically like cars driving by as they're broken down. And Barry tells his mom that if he was driving by, he'd stop and help them. And his mom says she knows he would. Uh, basically, like, you're a good boy. Uh, it then transitions to basically Barry staring at his mother's case file that reads Ooh. unsolved. Oh, and yeah. And then there's like a short recap kind of just in pictures of the accident that made Barry the flash. So, um, similar to how it was in the show, uh, he is a, he is a, uh, forensic, uh, is it anthropologist? Is that the correct term or forensic? Leia, help me out. You're the, uh, you're the cop. I'm going to go ahead and guess that he's probably, I've never seen the show, but I'm yeah. going to go ahead and guess that he is a forensic pathologist. And I there you go. I only say this because if he were a forensic anthropologist, then every time I told every, the people that I studied forensic anthropology, they'd be like, oh, like the Flash. Gotcha. Um, okay. Nobody's yeah. ever done that to me, so I have to assume it's forensic pathology. <laughs> he works forensics in a police lab, so... Yeah. Okay, yeah, forensic pathology, okay. most likely. Okay. Uh, so basically, he was working in forensic pathology. Uh, a bunch of chemicals spilled on him, and lightning struck him all at the same time, and that's how he became the Flash. This will be important later. Um, an unknown narrator talks about Barry uh, basically overcoming his past and how he's grown as a person. He got over past traumas, everything else. The narrator says Barry came to uh, them for help and they turned him away. Um, just kind of a weird uh, overlying, like set the scene kind of thing. Um, and I'm not sure that we ever really find out who that narrator is. Uh, we do. Okay, good. Um, Barry is woken up at his desk by uh, his coworker, James Forrest. Um, it's revealed that he's been pulling 18-hour shifts to try and solve the Miss Alchemy murder. Uh, Barry seems to not even know who Miss Alchemy is, um, which is strange since he's been spending 18 hours, 18-hour 18 days trying to solve her murder. Um, 
when his captain, David Singh, comes in and berates Barry for sleeping at his desk, saying they already know who killed Miss Alchemy, and he just needs proof that it was Central City's greatest hero, Citizen Cold. Uh, Barry's like, do you mean Captain Cold from the Rogues? And Singh asks who the hell the Rogues are, and uh, everyone is interrupted by someone informing them that Citizen Cold and the Pied Piper are fighting in front of the Citizen Cold Museum. Uh, it's then revealed that Pied Piper is the only witness to Miss Alchemy's murder. Um, and that's when Barry starts um, like running out the door like he normally does when he disappears as a flash, but he's running at regular speed. <laughs> uh, he notices mid stride that he doesn't have his wedding ring on. Um, and that gets him to trip and fall down the stairs of the, at the police station. And he lands at the feet of his mother, who is very much alive and well. Um, I have a note in here that I'm not going to describe it, but until I say otherwise, Barry is confused always. Barry is asking <laughs> questions like, how are you alive and what is going on and you know I, I have the significant questions that he asks written down but there is a lot of barry trying to like very obviously this is not his world yeah he is like frantically trying to comprehend what is going on as it is happening for pretty much the entire book yes okay so we're all pretty much on the same page yes <laughs> uh his mom is at the police station because Barry promised to take her out to dinner for her birthday. Uh, he asks about his dad and finds out that his dad died three years ago from a heart attack. Um, his other probing questions are um, like he, he immediately is like, well, mom, you know, I'm the Flash, right? Uh, and she's like, I've never heard of the Flash. Who's the Flash? So he goes, uh, part of the Justice League. She's like, who's the Justice League? He's like, Superman? She's like, no, no, I've never heard of Superman. He goes, how about Batman? And she goes, honey, everybody's heard of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman, meanwhile, uh, we, we cut to him, and he's fighting Yo-Yo, who is kind of this reality's version of Harley Quinn. Um, okay. And he's trying to find out where the Joker is. Uh, the Joker has kidnapped Judge Harvey Dent's twins. Hmm. Uh, Yo-Yo Yo -Yo says they're probably already dead and Batman says then so are you and drops her off of a building uh, so evil Batman straight up mercs this poor woman yes uh, well, not really poor. she's a criminal but still like he just yeah. is like yeet and she's gone she's about to okay. hit the ground when she is saved by Cyborg uh, and Cyborg goes you know basically like hands her to the police and then flies himself up on top of the building where Batman is. And Batman tells him he should have let her hit the ground. Um, and, uh, and Cyborg basically reveals that a lot of people have fallen off of buildings in this particular alley because he's standing on a, a rooftop next to Crime Alley. He basically was going to throw Yo-Yo to die in Crime Alley, uh, <laughs> which is where, uh, where Bruce's parents were killed. Oh, okay. So he, Batman has become a revenge serial killer in this world? Uh, basically, yeah. Like, you, 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 you can immediately tell, even just by looking at his costume, that there's, like, something up with Batman. Yeah, there's a lot more red in it. His eyes are, like, are red. So there's, like, some sort of something in the, in the cowl making his eyes red all the time. Okay. 
Uh, it's a cool design. I do like this design of Batman, but yeah, you, you can look at yeah, you can look at it and be like, that is kind of evil, Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cyborg says it. Cyborg says he's not there to judge Batman, therefore showing a change in Cyborg as well. <laughs> um, he says he just needs Batman's vote. Batman's like, what are you talking about? And then behind Batman. Uh, many heroes and villains appear. I'm not going to go through all of them. We will get into it in a little bit, but specifically about half of them do not exist outside of this timeline. So we will all be getting to know them as well. Some of them are amalgamations of existing superheroes, and some of them are, are brand new from the go uh, villains or uh, super villains and superheroes. Um, on the way to dinner, uh, Barry stops by the Central City Citizen, which is the newspaper, uh, and he just basically is like, Mom, I just got to pop in and see Iris, uh, who is Barry's wife. And his mom says, oh, are you dating somebody new? Who's Iris? She sounds interesting. Uh, he goes in uh, and uh, he does see Iris. She is not his wife and she's dating. It seemed to me she's dating her editor, yeah. which which is a conflict of interest. Just for a sure. little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Uh, Barry sees this and sees, like, Iris making out with her boyfriend, editor guy, and, like, goes back outside and is, uh, and looks at his mom and says, do I own a car? <laughs> She's like, no. He's like, can I borrow your car? Like, basically ditching his mom on her birthday dinner to be like, I need to borrow your car and I need to leave now. <laughs> um, and he takes off. But not before a disembodied voice like basically next to his mom, like this voice just comes out that says, nice to see you alive and well, Miss Mrs. Allen. And like she turns around and can't see anybody and just kind of shakes it off. Uh, so there is a disembodied voice talking to people. Always a great sign. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, back with Batman, everyone but Cyborg and Batman are basically holograms on this. So uh, Cyborg is transmitting people from all over the world uh, to be part of this like little summit that they're having. Um, this is uh, when we find out that 100, and, uh, 100 million people died uh, when Atlantis sunk Western Europe into the ocean. Um, and 32 million people were killed when the Amaz- uh, Amazons conquered the United Kingdom. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's a thing. Right. So basically, Cyborg wants support to take down Aquaman and Wonder Woman, who not only are are fighting a war against each other but are basically splitting up the world and trying to trying to conquer the world each of them um so basically cyborg's like i need to know who's in and to this group of people so this is who is in and who is out uh that i could find element woman uh is in because she was invited she's like (laughs) nobody's ever invited me to be part of a team i'm in (laughs) uh citizen cold who is in the regular continuity captain cold Mm -hmm. um basically it's like uh i i don't think i'm in because the amazons any man that sets foot in the united kingdom the amazons will basically cut their balls off um fair uh pied piper is in but doesn't like that citizen cold was invited uh because they have issues um blackout doesn't want to fight alongside the outsider because the outsider's hunting him, to which the outsider says, well, Blackout is the cleanest, most powerful source of energy on the planet, so he he's not the only person in charge of a country that wants to basically enslave 
blackout for his own purposes. <laughs> I mean, at least uh, he's upfront about it, right? <laughs> he he gave me very big uh, gentleman Johnny Marcone from the from the Dresden Files. Like he's like, yes, I I am evil for evil's purpose, but it's much worse if I'm not, you know, in charge of the evil. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely. Cyborg admits that there are interpersonal issues, uh, but quote, tomorrow's all that matters. Um, just basically because the world will end and all these problems will not obviously be problems uh, anymore. Uh, Citizen Cold and the Outsider decide that they're in. Um, the Green Lantern, Abin Sur, is in, um, who is like the original Green Lantern in the Green Lantern story. Um, Sandman is in. The original, not the one from Neil Gaiman's Sandman, so like the guy with the gas mask and he has a sleep gun. Okay. Um, and then the Secret Seven are in. So the Secret Seven are a new creation for this, um, and you only ever see two of them. Um, you only ever see Enchantress and the Changing Man, and they're the only physical ones, and then the other five are like disembodied voices. Um, and they really didn't get into them. They were kind of interesting to me, but... Uh, yeah, that part confused me because I didn't understand what it was. And yeah, I, I would have liked a little bit more something on that because that could have been that could have been cool. Yeah, I, and I went to research them and it was like created for this. <laughs> I'm like, well, then, right. what? Right, yeah. exactly. It was like any, any kind of information would have been helpful, uh, Jeff Johns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess that this was also, and, I, and I, I know that this was also a lot like other comic book events where there were separate ones happening that kind of filled out the world. This was mm -hmm. the main core story. Okay. Um, so, the, so Shazam is not Shazam. Shazam is Captain Thunder and is controlled by, well, not controlled, but Essence is in the body of the entire Shazam family, which is like seven different kids. Or six different kids and a tiger. Um, and they all have to come together Captain mm -hmm. Planet style to summon Captain Thunder. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, they gotta like form the Megazord to, to, to turn into Shazam. <laughs> yeah, but each uh, of them... sounds even cooler. Yeah, each of them is imbued with the power of a different god. So like, one of them has... Oh, I'm trying to remember, like the... The, the, the courage of Achilles, the power yeah. of Zeus, the wisdom of Solomon, etc. Right. And so each of them embody that. And Billy is one of them. So Billy Batson is, is in this family, but it's basically like Shazam split into seven instead of just Billy being able to become Shazam. Uh, by the way, got the power the same way. A wizard imbued all seven of them instead of just Billy. Um, wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they take a vote. Um, they're all talking about it, and then they decide that the vote will be decided by Captain Thunder, so they summon Captain Thunder, and this is when we find out that basically, like, Captain Thunder and Wonder Woman have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe before, and something happens, so Captain Thunder's like, I want that bitch. Uh, he is he is not pleased with how the fight went last time, so he wants to fight Wonder Woman. So, they're in. Um, then it all goes to Batman, who refuses. He says, I, I'm not going to join this group. And they're like, well, do you not think we can succeed? He's like, this group will self-implode before we ever get anywhere near, uh, you know, any anywhere near Aquaman or Wonder Woman. There's there's too many elements uh, that are combustible. And he basically, like, walks away. And when he does, the group self-implodes. 
because they all were in on the idea that Batman would be in. Cyborg had promised them Batman. Um, uh. And so basically everybody walks away. Um, Barry, uh, we find out, has taken his mom's car to Wayne Manor uh, in Gotham, which is trashed. It is like in disrepair. It's falling apart. Um, he basically walks into the house because, you know, there's there's no security. Doors unlocked. Like grabs the grandfather clock and just slides it to the side to expose the entrance to the Batcave um, and goes down into the Batcave. Uh, Batman attacks him, basically being like, who are you? Why are you here? What's going on? And um, Barry keeps trying to talk him down, basically going, Bruce, Bruce, you know, it's me. It's Barry. And that's when Batman says that Bruce is dead. Um, and uh, and Barry looks over and there's like the the standard like, Thomas and Martha Wayne with Bruce picture um, and next to an article about how Martha and Bruce died in Crime Alley. And that's oh. when he puts it together and realizes this Batman is Thomas Wayne. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And that is the end of issue one. That blew uh, my mind when I read that. Honestly, I was like, wow. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, we start issue two with, Deathstroke leading a pirate ship. Um, he is sailing over what remains of Western Europe that has been pulled into the ocean. And he's basically, he's kidnapped uh, uh, Sonar, who their, their power's on their, on their tin, uh, mm -hmm. to look for banks to rob. So basically they're using Sonar to look through the decimated remains of Western Europe um, to find where there are still banks so they can dive down and, and rob them. Um, that, that sounds like a comic I want to read. Right? <laughs> uh, they also don't get too deep into that either, which is... A no, point. they do not. Because they come across another ship uh, that they're like, oh, it's a... I think it's Warlord, but they're like, oh, it's our, it's our buddies. And as they get closer, they realize the ship is destroyed and there are dead bodies covering the entire ship. Um, and that's when... Uh, I think it's Clayface, uh, who is on Dead, uh, Deathstroke's crew, is like, uh, what happened there? And that's when Deathstroke's like, we came too far inland. They came too far inland, and so did we. And that's when he and his crew are, like, slaughtered by Aquaman and Ocean Master, who just basically, like, come out of the ocean and kill them. Uh, yeah. Um, so, back in the Batcave, Batman is kicking Barry's ass. And like breaks his finger and it, and he's like, ah, oh, you broke my finger. You almost broke my arm. And Batman's like, I'm going to break every bone in your body until you tell me, you know, who you are and why you're here. Um, and in the middle of that, Barry experiences, I'm, I'm going to call them uh, brain episodes. Um, basically what they are is memories of the current reality overriding memories of his previous timeline. So he loses memories of like when he like the main timeline and this timeline is overriding his old memory um as he aligns with the current timeline um the flash's ring basically like appears like bing 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 down onto the ground in front of them um it looked like it fell out of although it's not really well illustrated it looked like it fell out of his jacket like a jacket pocket or something Right. Yeah. And it's that's not... kind of the impression I got anyways. Yeah. Or somebody like 
as we'll find out, like the the main villain of this whole thing, like just basically was like, ha ha, and like threw oh. a ring. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even consider that as a possibility. I just assumed I I just assumed it was in his coat, you know. But <laughs> you're probably right, actually. So basically, Barry says, "Okay, well, I keep my costume in this ring, um, so maybe this will help me convince you." And he opens it, and it's not his costume; it's actually the costume of Professor Zoom, the Reverse Flash. Who his oh. his his costume is like yellow, yeah, uh, yeah. In, instead of the the red. Uh, Barry explains that Reverse Flash hates him for what he does later in life. So he went back in time and killed his mother and framed his father for it. And he surmises that because Reverse Flash can change timelines, that this reality must be because of Reverse Flash. Um, Batman basically is like, well, you mentioned Bruce. Did you know Bruce? And uh, Barry's like, uh, yeah, Bruce is alive in my reality. He's the Batman of my reality. And he's one of my best friends. Um, so basically at that point, Batman is on board to help Barry. But Barry says first he needs to get his speed back uh, before all of his memories of the other reality are gone. So he's on a timetable because uh, he doesn't know how long he has before the current timeline will basically wipe all of his memories and then he'll have no reason to fight anymore. Uh, meanwhile, Steve Trevor is in London to meet with Lois Lane. Uh, when he's captured by Wonder Woman, uh, he's basically, okay, so Wonder Woman uses the lasso to hang him. And while he's in midair, she's interrogating. Wait, uh, that, so, I mean, Wonder Woman's not peace loving, but she's normally not that brutal, right? Right. Correct. Yep. Correct. Okay. There's a so very is- different Wonder Woman. Yeah, this is this is very, very like you can tell almost immediately within the first two pages that this is not the Wonder Woman we know and love. Okay. Yeah. Uh and the fact that she's doing this to Steve Trevor is is another like little yeah. little. Um so basically she hangs Steve at while she's like asking him questions. Um and the lasso of truth uh pulls out of him that he's there to meet Lois Lane, who's a spy for cyborg, and Steve was sent in to extract her. Um and then basically, uh, one of the other Amazons is like, what do we do with Steve now? And like, it just basically, you know, close up on Wonder Woman and you could just kind of tell he's dead. Um, he, he is not long for this world. Uh, meanwhile, back at uh, Wayne Manor, Barry is dousing himself in chemicals and sitting in an electric chair that is attached to a lightning rod during a storm. How could this plane possibly go wrong? this was about where i started to be like i need a break okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh that was that's certainly a thing that uh that happens in this yes (laughs) also great because thomas who i'm just gonna keep referring to as batman uh is like what do you think you're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah even he is like my dude (laughs) (laughs) uh so lightning does strike uh, Barry is set on fire, Batman puts him out, and he is unconscious and covered head to toe in burns. As you would be. Right. Yeah. That is the end of issue two. Uh, <laughs> we open issue three with Cyborg talking to the U.S. president and asking for more time. We find out that the, the, the Cyborg plan to get all these superhero people together, uh, superpowered people together to defeat Wonder Woman and Aquaman was basically at the behest of the United States government, who was like, if you don't do this, we're gonna, we're basically gonna have to join this world war. 
um, against superpowered beings. Uh, the president says he can't give him more time and points out that Steve Trevor's signal went dead uh, and his last message was somehow intercepted uh, by someone on Cyborg's team. So Cyborg has a, has a traitor somewhere in his midst. Um, president says he's sending the military in. He can't wait any longer. So behind Cyborg, we see um, Element Woman, who one of the things that she can do is just kind of turn into like a pink mist. Um, so she comes out of a vent and appears behind Cyborg and is listening in on his conversation. Um, the president thanks Cyborg for his service, but relieves him of duty. Um, meanwhile, Batman is tending to Barry, who is completely wrapped in gauze. And the this scene is sort of horrific because they didn't just do the, I wrapped you in gauze. They actually have the spots where like, the the fluids from the body are kind of like leaking through and it yeah it's yeah, nasty he, he looks he looks like mm. a gross mummy in this panel it's yeah. uh it's pretty it's pretty bad yeah it's uh, a play stupid games get stupid prizes sort of scene yes yeah fairy yeah. yes. ellen fucked around and he found out yes he did uh and he's so basically barry is trying to get out of bed um batman's like what do you think you're doing and he says, we need to do it again with a bigger bolt of lightning. <laughs> uh, Batman tells him to stay down and let the morphine do its job. And that Barry's body is 75% covered in third degree burns. <laughs> uh, Barry insists, saying he can't allow himself to forget the other timeline. And reveals that uh, to Batman that his memories are changing. Uh, to align with the new timeline and soon he won't remember his wife and that's when he looks right at batman and says soon i won't be able to remember bruce and so batman then helps barry back to the roof and into the electric chair again uh before he can strap in a gigantic bolt of lightning strikes uh sending barry and batman flying batman's thrown off the roof of wayne manor but before he can hit the ground he's caught by barry who has the speed force now uh to which Barry looks at him and says, told you so. <laughs> okay. But yep. you got to keep in mind, too, while he's doing this, he's still, he, now he's in, like, some unraveling bandages. So he legitimately looks like the mummy. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nasty. He's got, like, Deadpool's face and the mummy's, uh, fashionable attire. <laughs> uh, Lois Lane is sending what is likely to be her last report, uh, Wonder Woman the day before pulled an Atlantean from the sea and forced them to talk with the lasso. Aquaman and his army are coming up the English Channel tomorrow uh, to attack London. Um, so she basically says tomorrow's the final battle. Uh, she's then approached by the Resistance, who is the the superpowered people in uh, the in the UK fighting against Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And that consists of Grifter, Etrigan, Lady Godiva, Mrs. Hyde, and the Canterbury Cricket. Those are all I, real characters that exist. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> um, so I'm not a DC person. I don't know much about any of these people. Um, I know of Deathstroke, and I don't know of uh, any of the people that you just mentioned. They were all completely foreign to me. The only one that I'm uh, very familiar with is Etrigan. Um, who is uh, a demon who possesses, basically gives immortality and possesses uh, a man from, like, uh, Middle Ages. So, like, he was a knight. Um, I don't remember if he was uh, a knight 
on Arthur's round table, but he was he was a knight who like made a deal with a demon and so now they they fight crime. Uh naturally. <laughs> yes. Uh but the demon only talks in rhyme. Uh that's uh, and I think if Grifter's the one that I'm thinking of, he's the one that basically was in Wildcats um and then came over to DC uh because he has like his look is very uh yeah, he was a Wildstorm. He's Jim Lee. He was in Wildcats. He has like a handkerchief in front of his face. That is his costume. Uh, but he was pulled over into DC when Wildstorm was sold to DC Comics. Um, yeah, he's, he's basically like, he's a former government operative, uh, and that's, that's his background. He's just really good at firing guns and, uh, much in the way that like a lot of people are like Deathstroke. Um, eventually he actually gets, uh, side talents. As I'm finding out, so he has telekinesis, telepathy, and intuition. None of which are used here. Uh, this is this is straight hand-to-hand combat and marksman uh, grifter. Would it would it be correct to say that most of these uh, folks are pretty much like C to D level uh, characters? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the The only other time that I've uh, run into um, run into Etrigan was in Swamp Thing stuff. So he's that makes sense. Yeah, he's a big swamp thing. Um, I have never heard of the Canterbury Cricket, and it sounds like it's completely made up. It is literally a giant cricket, too. It really is. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's a giant cricket that appears to be wearing a diaper. Yes. Essentially, or like loincloth, but in the drawing, it's kind of a diaper. <laughs> um, I believe that the, the, the other part of this is these are all English DC superheroes and supervillains. Um, so they're... They are the UK uh, Justice League, pretty much. Got it. Um, So back at uh, Wayne Manor, Batman is watching Barry heal in real time. Uh, Like Barry's healing factors back. He's, you know, he's he's starting to become his old self again. Uh, He says Barry needs a suit and points out he will not give him one of his. And hands him the reverse flash suit, and Barry, like, looks at it with disgust and is like, no, uh, you have enough chemicals and everything else here that I'll just make a new one, and, like, zips off and comes back in his red flash uniform. Um, So Batman and Barry have a discussion about why Barry can't alter the past, but reverse flash can. And Barry gives various reasons for it. Um... He points out that he has the speed force, but Reverse Flash has negative speed force. Um, and the negative speed force gives Thawne, uh, Eobard Thawne, who's the name of the Reverse Flash, like... Professor different, Zoom. Professor Zoom, yeah. God. Different abilities. <laughs> yeah, it gives him different abilities. Uh, it also slows, like, his aging and some other stuff. But um, Barry says he can time travel, but it's not a good idea. That um, he describes it as when you go to change time, you're basically fighting against the flow of time, like like you were trying to swim up a waterfall. Um, to which Batman says, it just sounds to him like Barry isn't trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really applying himself. <laughs> right. Uh, they then go into a discussion that I'm not going to go over here about the butterfly effect because they describe the butterfly effect over two pages and most people know what the butterfly effect is. Um, if you do not know, uh, spend some time with Ashton Kutcher. Yes. Um, and uh, so he also says that Thawne 
in changing time seems to have directly taken actions that would alter the Justice League because he knew that the first thing that Barry would do would be to reach out to the Justice League to help him. So like Hal Jordan never got his ring, which is why uh, Abin Seer is there. Um, so Hal Jordan's just a dude. Um, and then uh, Barry then basically says, okay, we need to, we need to find out what happened to Superman. There, they, you know, you can't, you can't have changed reality to the point where Superman didn't fall to earth. So around the time that Bruce was born, there should have been a rocket that landed, you know, basically in, uh, in Smallville. And Bruce goes, no, nothing in Smallville, but around that time, a rocket landed in the middle of Metropolis, killing 35,000 people. <laughs> oh. So uh, they're like, oh, okay, well, we need to go and find out. Uh, oh, another part of that that really isn't followed up on, but uh, is just interesting to me, is that no one took responsibility for the attack on Metropolis. So the U.S. government blamed a terrorist cell in South America and invaded South America. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. specifically say what country. It just says South America. Right. And no, so, that's like, pretty believable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, Barry asks where the rocket is now, and Batman's like, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. So Batman calls Cyborg and sets up a meeting where he introduces him to Flash. Batman says he'll join Cyborg's team, but only on the condition that he gets to handpick the army, starting with the Flash. Um, he says then the second person that they need is uh, the person who is in that rocket that fell into Metropolis, and then he needs Cyborg to hack the classified uh, files, which Cyborg doesn't really want to do, but Batman's like, that's my deal, take it or leave it. Um, so Cyborg walks over to the side to, to hack uh, and Batman and Barry, basically Barry disagrees with Batman lying to Cyborg. He's like, just tell him the truth, just bring him over. Batman's like, it would take too long to bring him to Barry's insane cause. And even if they succeeded, like, it it, it wouldn't matter. Like, you know, it, at the end of the day, the ends will justify the means because this timeline will be wiped away, you know, if they succeed. To which Barry's like, I, I don't know that that's necessarily like, how we should be approaching this, my dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cyborg finds the project and it's called Project Superman. And its location is under under Metropolis. Um, and there was a person in the, the rocket and they have been named Subject One. And they are in this high security thing. And basically Cyborg's like, well, I'm going with you. So they break in super easily. Because Cyborg is like, I have the schematics of where we can walk. There's a there's a skeleton shift right now, and I'm disarming security as we're walking through. Um, Cyborg says, as an aside, as a complete aside, now that Batman's on board, everyone will join his cause, and his dad will finally be proud of him. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> uh, they also go past a windowed room that's labeled Subject 2, and there's a skeleton of a dog. That's super dog, right? Crypto, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I have to assume because it said in here um, that there was subject subject two and subject three. So I'm assuming subject three was probably what Supergirl. It possibly. Never into here. No, they never, they never they go never go into, into it. No. Um, so they get to a gigantic door that there is no reason for this door to be as big as it is. It looks. <laughs> 
It looks like the front of the Scrooge McDuck money bin. Like it's <laughs> giant. And yeah, it, it has like this... it's about like eight stories tall. It's huge. And it has the Superman S on it in like four story tall, like a symbol. <laughs> and two guards standing in front of it, like, because it's midnight shift. And Batman basically is like, oh, cool. I have these batarangs that are soaked in, in ketamine. Is it, is it ketamine that he's. Anyway. Edomiate. So, there you go. Uh, some sort of uh, uh, anesthetic that will knock them out. And he basically is like, shook, shook. <laughs> so then they uh, they destroy this door to get in, too. Like, it is not subtle what they are doing. Um, and they go inside, and there is Superman, but he is desiccated. He's, like, super thin. He's pale. Um, and Flash surmises he's never seen the sun. They have kept him underground all this time without letting him see the sun. Um, also in his cell, there's like the red light, the, the, that you use when you're keeping Superman. Um, the guards show up and there's a big fight. They fight their way out until they emerge from a sewer tunnel and bat or Superman sees the sun for the first time. Um, at which point he starts flying, um, just floating out over, over the, the bay in the sunlight. The guards show up and is like, and are like, Kill everyone else, leave subject one. Uh, General Lane wants him alive. Uh, and as soon as they say that, Superman looks over and uses his heat vision to lance the arm off of the lead guard. Just like, brap. And, <laughs> and he th then Superman flies away, leaving the others with guns trained on them. Uh, basically, they're under arrest. Yeah, he Aww. just straight up dips. He's like, well, that was cool. Peace. And just yeah. leave. Uh that is the end of uh, issue three. So they skipped the point where they like brought him over to their side before he got superpowers. Yes. <laughs> ah. They're basically like, we're here to help you. Do you trust us? He's like, sure. Because what's the alternative? Yeah, it's implied that he's never really interacted with people before, like with humans. Which doesn't um, make sense because he it, can speak English. Right. Doesn't make any sense because he can speak English and like recognize, you know, that somebody's trying to kill him with a gun and stuff like that. So like this, th that explanation made zero sense, but they, they do uh, state that they think that he's never seen a human before, which whatever. Right. Uh, so on the TV uh, at the beginning of issue four, the president is announcing that we're going to war. Um, the Shazam kids are all sitting uh, in, in a room watching the news uh, you know, like children do. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing to do when I was a teen was just to sit around and watch the nine o'clock news with my buds. Right. And they debate their possible role in, in helping, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, can we stop the war? And they stop debating when it's pointed out that uh, the last time that Captain Thunder faced Wonder Woman, they all almost died. Um, so basically, if Captain Planet is defeated, all of them will die. Uh, like, if Captain Planet's killed, then all the Planeteers are killed too. <laughs> um, and yeah, the and tiger. that's yeah, and, and including the tiger, especially the tiger. Uh, it then cuts to Hal Jordan, who is still a pilot, and he's going to be flying the plane that will drop quote the bomb. Uh, and that's really what that scene is about. It's about how Hal Jordan's going to go over and bomb the UK. The bomb's name is called the Green Arrow. That's true. Yes. Uh, because it was created by Queen Industries. <laughs> Sir, also, Sir not appearing in the storyline at all. 
Yeah. Because uh, there is no Green Arrow in this. Uh, Flash, Cyborg, and Batman are about to be killed by the guards when Element Woman saves them. She basically, like, missed through, screws up the guards, knocks them all out, and uh, they're like, what are you doing here? And she reveals she's been following Cyborg, and she she believes in his cause because he asked her to be on the team, and no one had ever done that before. <laughs> so he has complete loyalty because he just asked her to join his team. This character is so interesting. Yes, I do want to see more of Element Woman because she's... She is crazy in the fun kind of crazy, like, unpredictable way, but it gave me strong vibes of when we covered um, uh, Secret Wars and there was Molecule Man who you could get, you know, his his loyalty if you gave him food. Yeah, yeah. This this actually, her, her characterization actually gave me strong Delirium from Sandman vibes. Agreed. 100% agreed. I was, I, I did have that thought as well. Um in, especially since she was standing next to the old Sandman. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I don't you know if that her. was done on purpose or, or not, but if it wasn't, it was a heck of a coincidence. Right. Uh, so while they're they're talking to Element Woman, Barry has another episode where his memories of his parents are replaced. Uh, so meanwhile, we flash back to the Shazam kids who are still debating, and there is a very poignant speech from Billy that's pretty awesome because he's basically like, Every Friday night, us and our step-parents, or our, not step-parents, foster parents, sit down and we have pizza night. It's the only time we ever feel like a real family. It's the only time we ever really do, you know, family-type things. He's like, but if we don't stop this war, there will be no more pizza. There will be no more family nights. There will be no more of anything. Um, and uh, as he's giving this wonderful, impassioned speech... Batman kicks open their front door. <laughs> like, there is no knock. There is no. no, hey, kids. There is, I kick in your front door. <laughs> Actually, there is a hey, kids, but it is from Element Woman who asked them if she if they would like a juice box. Also true. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> but that's after the door has already that been is, kicked out. <laughs> yes, that is after the... And Batman basically has injected Barry with an anesthetic to slow down his brainwaves, to therefore slow down the memory process. And Batman has come to the Shazam kids um, because he says that there was a point where something was going on with Sandman and they summoned Captain Lightning and Lightning hit Sandman with a magic lightning bolt that somehow made his brain not be screwed up. Like it is, it is like it's referring to a story that we all should know. But and it is, know. yeah, it has never happened. Like, <laughs> Like it's it's the most hand wavy stuff. Like, oh yeah, hey, heard you kids got magic lightning that can uh, help people recover their memories, which is very convenient to us in our current problem. <laughs> like, right. So Billy is the one that has the wisdom of Solomon. So he walks over. He's like, okay, well, let's diagnose this bitch. And he puts his like hands on Barry's head and sees the timeline uh, that Barry comes from. And he's like, whoa, this is a timeline with hope. Where did this dude come from? And before. Uh, Barry can answer, because Barry, like, kind of wakes back up. Uh, the news reports that the bombing raid in London was a failure because they were thwarted by a squadron of invisible jets. And that the first confirmed kill is Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's dead. Uh, his plane was shot down. Uh, you know, basically the United States government tried their best and Warmer Woman's invisible plane army 
uh, shot them out of the sky. Uh, also, a little little uh, heavy-handed here, but they, on the news, announced that the beginning of the end of the world has begun. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are, I guess, watching Fox News. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, we also find out that a giant tidal wave has hit the United Kingdom. So Aquaman is not fucking around anymore, apparently. Um, Flash uh, basically grabs Batman and takes him to the kitchen, like, super speed. And Batman's like, what the hell? And uh, Flash is like, we need to move fast because at the end of the day, this might be the reality that we're stuck with. Um, you know, we have to face the possibility that we could fail and we all have to live here. And Hal's already dead. So we need to start doing stuff. Batman says no. And he's like, what? And Batman says that they'll restore the timeline where Bruce is alive or they'll let this world burn. Burn in hell. Yes. Like, uh, serious. This this is this, I, I kind of like this Batman. I'm not I love lie. Thomas Wayne Batman. <laughs> and unfortunately, it is never revealed in this, but I know it is in a in a one of the Batman spin-off things for Flashpoint. The Joker in this world is uh is Martha. You find out that Bruce died in Crime Alley. Martha was presumed dead but didn't die and became the Joker. What? That's, That's wild. Cool. Right? <laughs> again much better story than twilight uh <laughs> so cyborg basically comes in with everybody else because batman's yelling uh and uh and it's like okay well what's going on flash says hey you need to call all the other super uh, powered people and we need to we need to go finish this and cyborg's like they won't they won't join up without batman um and we find out that Batman has built up his mythos so much that basically every other superpowered person thinks he's invincible. They think he's unkillable, and that's why they want him with them. Uh, the Shazam kids and uh, Element Woman basically are like, well, we'll follow Barry. Like, we'll join you. So at least you got us. And they go to leave the room, and Barry stops, looks at, at Thomas, and goes, Bruce would have come. And, like, goes to Aww. walk out of the room. And yeah. that's that's when Batman changes his mind, says he'll join them and to call everyone else. He's um, got the trump card. Mm-hmm. Yup. Uh, we then go to the team with a bunch of other superpowered people that we all saw before on the roof, uh, descending on London. Um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are fighting one another face-to-face, uh, and you find out the following things in a really weird back-and-forth of dialogue. Aquaman's wife tried to kill Wonder Woman, so she killed her first. She wears uh, Aquaman's Aquaman's wife's helmet as basically a warning to everyone else. Um, And Aquaman and Wonder Woman used to date. Yeah. They used to be in love. That was like literally, I think it was like half a dozen panels of, uh, of of brand new information. Yeah. It's like you killed my wife. She tried to kill me first. You're wearing your helmet. I'm. It's sure a warning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a warning. I can't believe I ever loved you. You never really did. Like, yeah. It was <laughs> weird. Weird. I mean, like, and again, like, as somebody who is not, I'm not super well versed in DC. Even I knew that there was a lot there that I was like, none of this ever happened. <laughs> I I kind of also expected just a little tiny panel at the bottom that said, "You're watching the CW," because it was like. <laughs> Over the top. (laughs) Uh, So, Heroes Descent, big fight. Just 
uh, we don't generally describe fights in this, but there are certain things that happen that I will describe because they move the plot along. The first thing being Enchantress turns on the heroes. Uh, so a member of the Secret Seven uh, turns on the heroes and somehow she uses her powers on Captain Lightning and splits him back into the into the seven individual kids to which Wonder Woman takes the opportunity and kills Billy. Yep. Uh, just sword through him, kills him dead, uh, kills a yeah. child. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Wonder Woman just killed a child, a strange random child that she does not know that was not really doing anything. And it's not like she didn't know because she actually looks at him and goes, it was just a child. Yeah. <laughs> kills him. Yeah. She did not give a fuck. Uh, Flash is reeling from watching that when Reverse Flash appears and says, look what you've done. That is the end of uh, issue four. We begin issue five with Flash and Reverse Flash fighting. Uh, you know, Flash demands to know what Reverse Flash did to create this world. And that's when Reverse Flash says, oh, Barry, I'm not, I'm, this is not my doing. You're the villain of this story. And I can't believe you don't even remember. So here, let me vibrate at a frequency that will reset your internal vibrations to remember because I don't that's, think the that's a real technology <laughs> i i have found that there are a lot of things in the flash that are solved by vibrations <laughs> no comment right uh so yeah he basically vibrates barry to the point that barry remembers okay so Barry was the Flash and found out that Eobard Thawne went back in time and killed his mother and framed his dad. Um, that was that was a, a Flash storyline. On the first okay. anniversary of his mom's birthday, after finding that out, he was at his mom's grave and decided to go back in time and save his mother. Um, in doing so, he fractured the timeline, but since since it was based on him, since he was the one that did it, the fractured timeline targeted the people closest to him. So this was not like a strike like he thought Thon was doing where he went and messed individually with each of the Justice League. It was because mm -hmm. the Justice League were close to him that they were the, the nexus points of the, the time alterations. So um, Reverse Flash uh, basically points out that he was always tied to Barry. So Barry needed to exist to get powerful enough that the speed force was enough of a thing that in the 25th century, when Thawne got the Speed Force, it was already super powerful so that he could go back in time and he could kill Barry's mom. Um, like, basically, it was a it was a set event in the timeline that Thawne couldn't exist without Barry. And so he never killed Barry because but now that Barry went back and changed the timeline, he has turned Thawne into a living paradox. So Thawne is no longer tied to time timelines consequences or anything um so he beats the piss out of barry because he's like now i can kill you and he basically stands over barry and yells that the flash cannot hurt hurt eobod thon when uh, a blade pokes through his chest and batman is behind him stabbing him with a sword saying what about me <laughs> uh thon then dies <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of to explain things yeah it was kind of anticlimactic and in fact batman is like let me tell you as a doctor when you're in the middle of a war don't stop moving uh <laughs> yeah it was this is maybe the most anticlimactic part of this whole thing it was just like boom 
And then he just croaks. They then notice that there's still a world war going around them. Uh, And that's when the resistance shows up and joins the fight. Uh, Enchantress blasts Batman with like a huge ass beam that like messes him up pretty good. Uh, When Superman shows up and just starts like wiping the floor with everyone. And then he basically like grabs Aquaman and Wonder Woman and flies away. And he's like, nope, we're solving this. Uh, but while he's doing that, two things happen at the same time. One, Barry has another, like, memory attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, Aquaman calls for a seismic event that will crack the world in half. He's basically like, okay, well, burn it all down. Wait, he can do that? Uh, Apparently, apparently he can. <laughs> Comics! Yep. <laughs> Batman hands a piece of paper to Barry and tells him to run, that he has to set things back. That, that he needs to fix it now, um, and, and that there is no more we can still live on this world. Uh, this world is going to be done. Um, so Barry runs to his mom <laughs> uh, and basically sits her down and explains everything. Like, I changed time. I did all this stuff. You know, um, she, uh, there's also a point where he explains the only way that he can time travel is on a treadmill. It's called the Cosmic Treadmill. And that was when I had to stop reading for 30 <laughs> minutes because I actively became stupider for reading that panel. I don't know what the fuck the Cosmic Treadmill is. I don't want to know. It sounds dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, um, I much prefer in the TV show that instead of a Cosmic Treadmill, they just have like uh, a super large, uh, basically track, like circle. That Barry runs in until he re- he hits the speed that he needs to time travel. Uh, basically, the idea of the of the treadmill is it's so he you know can stay in one place to travel in time. But yeah, God. Yeah. Uh, Barry's mom correctly also asks how many people have died because he saved her. Uh, to which she's like, uh, millions. Uh, <laughs> she says she's she's proud of him, but he needs to let her go. He needs to go and he needs to fix. So uh, Barry runs into the speed force and stops himself from altering time. So basically stops the Barry that was going to save his mom from saving his mom. Uh, Then he wakes up back at his desk in, you know, back like he did before. uh, Still working 18 hour days, but now on things that he apparently knows about. um, And he immediately goes to Bruce um, and they're... They're, they're sitting down and, and Barry tells him everything. And Bruce is like, you know, he's in his Batman outfit. They're in the Batcave. Um, but Barry also has kept all of his memories from the other timeline. And he's wondering why. Um, and Bruce says it must be a blessing. And that's when Barry is like, oh, yeah, speaking of blessings. And he gives Bruce the piece of paper from his dad. That was a letter that Thomas wrote to Bruce. Um Bruce reads the letter, takes off his cowl, like, to read it again, and basically starts crying, and thanks Barry for being one hell of a messenger. And that is the end of Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, The other part, too, that that Josh didn't mention is that as a result of this time travel fuckery, um, there are now three universes that are uh, extant, and one of them is the um the basically the new earth um and vertigo which is earth 13 and wildstorm which is earth 50 
I actually had to look that up. I, I do not, I did not actually know that previous to reading this because I was curious about what that meant. Cause it's, it's dropped as if it's supposed to be very significant, but not expounded on past. Like there are three timelines now and they must become one. Right. Okay. This is, this is the beginning of what DC would eventually make into the prime earth um, story. Um, but this is the first thing that kind of introduces it. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is Flashpoint. Uh, Ryan, do you have any overlying questions that you did not get uh, into? Um, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that it boils down to we need to get Superman to fix this thing for the main fight. But that's my one of my problems with DC. Nope, yeah. totally, totally agree. Uh, agreed a hundred thousand percent for sure like superman is a difficult character for me to enjoy because of his god tier powers um so i i yeah i'm in agreement with you on that but i mean it was convoluted it was crazy things happening all the time but overall sounds like a lot of fun yeah i uh i do like the thomas wayne batman um yeah. i want to i want to read more of that um, I would I would definitely like to learn more about Thomas Wayne Batman and Martha Wayne Joker because holy crap I did not realize that was a thing that's kind of cool um, and I would definitely be interested in learning more about that for sure. So uh, I'm just looking it up because I'm I'm interested in on the DC fandom site he's known as the Knight of Vengeance. Cool. Um, and so the reason that uh, Martha Wayne was traumatized and crazy is that. Thomas tracked down Joe Chill after Joe Chill shot Bruce. So Martha was never shot, just Bruce was. Um, and he beat him to death with his bare hands. Uh, Martha was so traumatized by the event that she cut her face into a grin and soon enough descended into a insanity and became the Joker. Wild. Yeah, there's a whole thing here. So I got to find out where... Oh, Flashpoint Batman Night of Ju uh, Night of Vengeance. It's a whole storyline. There we go. Cool. Okay. Maybe we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll put it on the the to do list. Same. So uh, so yeah, uh, Ryan, have we uh, have we explained this storyline effectively? I think so. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, what did you think, other than the the Superman? Uh, like I said, it was crazy. It was convoluted. There are a lot of things that, like, you kind of have to hand wave away, but, like, overall, fun. And I, I'll i probably track it down some point and try and read it. Okay. Uh, Leia? Yes. First time with this one. Uh, first time what with you, this one. What'd you think? Um, I, you know, aside from Thomas Wayne Batman, I, I didn't much care for it. Um, it's just not my jam. Uh, I thought that some of the... <laughs> I still I couldn't get over the cosmic treadmill. I'm sorry. That was when I between yeah. that and the and the uh, the the lightning thing. Like I was like, oh my god. Okay, this is like ridiculous. Like it just got progressively more ridiculous. Like it had it had good story beats to be sure. Like it wasn't all bad. We have read far worse. Also very true. <laughs> so this was nothing close to the Clone Saga. God, no, nothing's ever going to, I don't know. I'm not going to say nothing's ever going to beat that, but so far, that's still the number one contender for worst shit ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this was not this was not my favorite. I also think I probably would have enjoyed it more, again, if I were more uh, vested in DC and had more knowledge of DC, because a lot of characters that showed up, I felt like I was supposed to know who they are and just didn't really know. 
I had to go like look it up or they didn't I think that was the other thing too it wasn't very clear to me um who was a new character for the purpose of the story who was an amalgamation of a couple characters etc and so forth like a couple of them I was able to pick out like the Shazam kids and then other ones I was just like I don't know who that is I completely agree with you uh that's kind of where I was with it too um especially yeah this is not a good introductory comic if you want to start to get into comic books or even dc sure Um, yeah it's it's yeah like uh all of the all of the kids the shazam kids um this is their first appearance um let's see blackout who is like and the outsider both there's this like whole backstory with them that you're you're dealing with uh both of them it's their first appearance element woman who is a big like part of it first appearance the secret seven first appearance like it's right it's a lot um if you don't know dc at all you know right right exactly Um, so yeah definitely not one that i would get into i i mean for the for the purposes of like pulpy comic-y stuff like the moments there were moments i really enjoyed um you know the reveal of thomas wayne really enjoyed i liked uh thomas wayne's uh uh interactions with barry Mm-hmm. um you know very cool um even you know some of this element woman was a really fun character that apparently just didn't exist before this and so you know it's... yeah and i didn't know that until i looked it up and then i was like oh okay because i was like well how how come i've never heard of her right and, you know she seems pretty cool and then yeah it was like oh you you you've never seen her before because nobody has so uh the <laughs> the movie uh eyes wide shut uh i describe it as it's a movie about walking past doorways that you see a flash of a movie that's way more interesting and you want the character to go in that room so you can see what's happening there because you're bored out of your mind where you are. That's <laughs> kind of flashpoint to me. Yeah, uh, there were a couple of things I would have definitely loved to hear more about. Right, right. There were a lot of characters that I'm like, oh, cool. Like, where are we going? Nope, nope. We're going to stick with the, the evil versions of the big three. Like, you know, uh, that's really and again wind out of my sails for for superman just showing up and yep that's the thing yeah um, he shows up and then he dips and we never see him again for the remainder of the comic he just is like oh all right right bye, and leaves yeah. which i guess is good because like again my beef with superman is always that you know being god tier what can't he do um you know so why can't he solve this problem so i did appreciate the fact that he fucked off um because otherwise this would have been a much shorter story <laughs> right so you're saying that if you got a problem yo he'll solve it pretty much pretty much okay cool <laughs> uh ryan thank you so much for joining us this was a blast uh yes, thank you very you know, much the, the comic book story not as fun as explaining <laughs> the comic book story and <laughs> talking about it uh we're we're always happy to to have you back so if you think of another storyline that you'd like uh explain to you just let us know okay maybe i enjoyed it more because i got to hear your antics talking about it (laughs) (laughs) and didn't have to actually experience it myself that's that's our goal that's uh yeah it's basically we suffer for you yeah we Uh, we read it so you don't have to Uh, so please join us in two weeks when Leia will be explaining Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that one. 
Yeah, this is uh this is gonna be interesting because uh Le- not only does Leia get to explain it, but this deals with a lot of your favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, fighting I Cyclops. I read uh, a little bit of it when it originally was written. I read the, the first couple of few issues, but I mean that was that was quite a while ago. That was like what, twenty twelve? Yeah. And but so, we're we're gonna we're gonna get reacquainted and be able to see our Good old friend, uh, Phoenix Cyclops, again. Hooray. You haven't seen him since Secret Wars. Hooray, love it. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, take it away, Vandello. Some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little fight, baby, is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Vendello 2021.